and to, again, place an emphasis on prayer. We will see this in Daniel chapter 9 here in a few moments, but as you come to Nehemiah chapter number 9, notice what the Bible says here in the first couple of verses. Now, in the twenty and fourth day of this month, the children of Israel were assembled with fasting, with sackcloths, and earth upon them. Now, verse number 1, as you come to Nehemiah chapter number 9, as you've seen what had been taking place in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah was given a task. That task was to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, and as he is doing so, he is understanding that his time is coming to an end, and the people's heart is still broken. Notice what the Bible says, And the seed of Israel separated themselves from all strangers. Hey, that's a message in and of itself. Uh, there, uh, biblical separation is a, a real and a serious thing. There are, there, are, there are things that you ought to be separated from, and separating yourself from the sin of the world, separating yourself from looking and acting like the world is a serious thing. If you blend in and act like the world, then you are living in sin. You know, the Lord has called us to be strangers, to called us to be pilgrims in this world. We're not supposed to act and live like the world. And so they separated themselves from all strangers and stood con- and confessed their sins. Now, Nehemiah chapter number 9, you're going to notice a couple of things that we would never see, let's just be real, we would never see done in our nation today. Because the, the, the Christianity of today is a very lazy Christianity. There are, there are many people who are not willing to do what you're about to read in the book of Nehemiah chapter number 9. The Bible says, and they stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. All right, and now what the Bible says in verse number 3. They stood up in their place. Read in the book of the law of the Lord their God, one fourth part of the day, and another fourth part of the day they confessed and worshiped the Lord their God. In verse number three, very simply, they saw their need. They were humbled. They saw that God had gotten their attention and they had humbled themselves so much that they took time to do this. One fourth part of the day they read the word of God. One fourth part of the day they found themselves confessing their sins. The Bible says at the end of verse number four, and with it, that they, they cried with a loud voice unto the Lord their God. Verse number 5, it also says, after a couple of names that are mentioned, it says, and said, Stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever, and blessed be the glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing and praise. Verse number 6, Thou, even thou, art Lord alone. Verse number 7, Thou art the Lord, the God. Go with me, if you would, to Ezra chapter number 9 for just a moment. And I want to encourage you to go home in your own personal time, and to compare these chapters of the Bible, if you would. But in Ezra chapter number 9, Ezra chapter number 9 is a very short chapter, not very many verses at all. We're going to jump ahead for just a moment. In verse number 2, the Bible says, For they have taken of their daughters for themselves, and for their sons, so that the holy seed have mingled themselves with the people of those lands. Yea, the hand of the princes and the rulers have been chief in the tr- this trespass. And when I heard this thing, I rent my garments, my mantle, and plucked off the hair of my head and of my beard, and sat down stone. Then were assembled unto me every one that trembled at the words of God of Israel because of the transgression of those that have been carried away. And I sat stony. Until the evening sacrifice. And at the evening sacrifice, I rose up from the, my heaviness. He was broken over these things. And having rent my garments and my mantle, I fell upon my knees and spread out my hands unto the Lord my God and said, Oh, my God, I am ashamed and blush to lift up my face to thee, my God, for our iniquities are increased over our head, our trespasses grown up 
under the heavens. Skip on down for just a moment if you would. The Bible says in verse number 15, as you continue reading, and I want to encourage you to go and read these portions of Scripture. O Lord God of Israel, thou art righteous, for we remain yet escaped. As it is this day, behold, we are done before thee in our own trespasses. For we not, cannot stand before thee because of this. Verse number ten, or chapter number 10 starts off this way. Now when Ezra had prayed, and when he had confessed, weeping, and casting himself down before the house of God, there assembled unto him out of the Israel a very great congregation of men and women and children, for the people wept very sore. Go back with me, if you would, to the book of Daniel. In the book of Daniel, you'll see a couple of things that I want to draw your attention to. Prayer was given attention to. Prayer was something that was serious in these chapters here. Chapter number 9 of the book of Daniel. Chapter number 9 of the book of Nehemiah. And chapter number 9 of the book of Ezra. You find these prayers that are being given and offered if you would. And what the truth is concerning the book of Daniel and even to those other portions of Scripture, are there are three things that we note concerning what had taken place to get them to this place. Daniel was weeping. Daniel was broken. Daniel was hurting. And this is the reason why. Notice with me, if you would, in verse number 3, once again, I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications. The Bible says, with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Now that word fasting, many of you know what that word fasting means. It's a, it's a very serious word, though. Many people will, will begin to talk about fasting and they'll say, oh yeah, I fasted for a few moments. No, 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 no. fasting is deeper than just for a few moments. Uh, fasting is understanding that you have to take your, your, your seriousness and what's taking place and you have to confess and you have to dig, dig a little bit deeper and say, Lord, this is something that has to be done. There was a gentleman that I went to high school with. And every single Wednesday, his church had encouraged the teens in that youth department to fast. Every single Wednesday. Now, he went to school with me my junior year and my senior year. And every single Wednesday... His name was D.J. Hill. D.J. Hill would fast. He wouldn't drink anything. He wouldn't eat anything. At lunchtime, he would be away over in the corner, and what he would be doing is he would find himself praying. He'd just be praying. His youth director had encouraged him to do exactly that, and so the entire youth group, I would imagine, or just some of those in the youth group would do so. And you say, well, how serious was he about this? D.J. and I are still very good friends, and DJ had fasted and prayed every single Wednesday that I knew him. So much so that one time he accidentally slipped up. We were at, we were at uh, the lunch room and we were walking out of the lunch room and somebody was messing with him and, and was talking to him and he had kind of gotten sidetracked and he just, to mess with the other person, he took a bite of somebody else's candy bar. Now you say, well, it's just a candy bar, it's not a big deal. He was broken over it. I mean, he, 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 was, he was absolutely broken over it. I mean, he, he began to, to, to tear up, and he, he, he understood, hey, the seriousness of fasting. The Lord has used DJ in a mighty way, and the Lord is continuing to use DJ in a mighty way, but he understood the seriousness of fasting. Fasting comes to a time whenever you realize that you need to get on your knees, you need to spend time alone with the Lord, you need to sacrifice some things and help the Lord to, to or not help the Lord, but get the Lord to understand your heart and understanding yourself and saying, Lord, I desire so greatly for you to work in this way. Lord, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to sacrifice this time, and it's going to be given completely to you. That's what Daniel was doing here. He was sacrificing in such a way that he was uh, fasting, no eating, no drinking. And he goes further. 
Now, the Bible says, and sackcloth. Now, that word sackcloth speaks of something that was extremely uncomfortable and scratchy. Uh, I think about the, the, the sack races at the, the, the race that they just had at junior camp. It's as though that is exactly what was taking place. You ever put one of those on that, that's not comfortable? It was a sign of humbling yourself, if you would. It was a sign that you would do this as an act of humility. You were so broken over these things. And so Daniel expresses this. The Bible goes on in verse number 4, And I prayed unto the Lord God, my, my God, and made my confession, and said, O Lord, now notice the wor- words that are found in the next couple of uh, statements here. The great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant of mercy to them that love Him and to them that keep His commandments. Notice verse number 5, how it starts off. It doesn't say, they have sinned. It doesn't name, it says, we have sinned. We have sinned. This morning we had a great opportunity to come and we had an opportunity to pray as men before our church services. And as I was listening to Brother John, as I asked Brother John to pray and close out our time at the men's prayer breakfast, he dealt with that word right there. We have sinned. And we have. As a nation, we like to to pick apart our nation and we like to pick apart our nation's leaders. But we understand the state of our condition is not because of our nation's leaders, because of Christians sinning. You see, our, our nation at one point in time used to be a nation that was truly one nation under God. But our nation is no longer one nation under God. Our nation is now one nation under many gods. And truth of the matter is, we have created many of the gods. We've allowed many of the gods into our own homes. We've allowed many of, the other, uh, of those gods to be things that we actively take part in. And so he says right here, We have sinned and committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Notice three things as you see that took place in this chapter here that caused Daniel, if you would, to pray and to weep. The Bible says in verse number 3, And I set my face unto the Lord... As you notice that he set his face unto the Lord, that speaks of him turning to and and looking unto, if you would. He had to purpose to do such a thing. It'd be as though you are finding yourself in a a place where you are trying to spend time in prayer with the Lord and you come and you actively set aside all of the distractions and you only give yourself, and it's as though you're looking up to heaven with your hands like this praying to God. You set yourself to do such. Well, what caused Daniel to do this? Notice three things. Number one, they resisted the word. If you were to go back to the book of Nehemiah, you'll find that they were given to the word. In the book of Ezra, you'll find that they were also given to the word. And that's because that, that need there. And you notice in verse number five here, the Bible says, We have sinned and committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have prevailed, even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. They rebelled. They rebelled from the Word. They no longer wanted to hear the Word of God, and so they resisted it. As you begin to think about resisting of the Word, how many times have we walked through the doors of the church, or how many times have we just used the Word of God as a checkbox, and we're resisting truly hearing from the Word of God? Maybe you say, no, I truly desire to, to hear from the Word of God and get something from the Word of God. How many times have we not acted upon the Word of God? You see, listening to the Word of God and not acting upon the Word of God and listening in such a way that you are living out the Word of God is just as wrong as those who say, I don't even want to hear the Word of God at all. You say, well, at least I was willing to hear, but that's the saddest part. You were willing to hear and you still disobeyed. And that's the truth of our nation right now. That's the truth of many Christians' lives is that they're hearing the Word of God but doing nothing about it. 
Notice the second thing that you see here in verses 3, 4, 5, and 6. You see that they also refuse to listen. In verse number 5, specifically, the Bible says, We have sinned and committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from the precepts and from thy judgments. Verse number 6, Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings and our princes and our fathers and to all the people of the land. They refused to listen. This is the danger in every single one of our lives. I was talking to someone just the other day, and I'm, I, I desire to be a friend to preachers. I truly do. There are, there are many preachers that don't... That pit, it's easy for us as preachers to pick preachers apart. As a matter of fact, Brother Witt and I were talking this morning as we were headed to the prayer breakfast, and we were talking, and I said, I'm very careful to be critical of that. Because it's very easy to criticize other preachers. It's very easy to criticize other ministries. It's very easy to criticize other people. But as you think about when it comes to sometimes we might say, well, I don't like that preacher because. Well, here's the the only reason that you ought not like the preaching of another preacher is if they're not preaching God's word. Listen, I, I, I understand. You like certain personalities. You say, I'm drawn to this type of personality or I'm drawn to that. But listen, that's all fine and dandy. But if you say, you know what, I'm not going to listen to that preacher. Hey, they're, they're preaching Bible. I don't care about that. I don't like their personality. Hold up now. You just said you don't like that personality of that preacher, but they're preaching Bible. You said you don't care if they preach Bible. You don't want to hear them because of the personality. You see, that's where we have gotten some things mixed up within our nation is many people are no longer listening to the preaching of God's Word because they say, well, I don't like that person's personality. Hold up, though. If they're preaching God's Word, rejoice in it. I went to school with some guys who said, hey, if if they're not loud and boisterous preachers, I don't want to hear from them. Some of the greatest services I've ever sat in were preached by a preacher who was as monotone as could be, but there was so much depth in the preaching of God's Word. And I'll tell you what, I rejoice in that. When it comes to this portion of Scripture right here, it reminds me of that because the Bible says in verse number 6, Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants the prophets. And as you think about refusing to listen to God's Word, it's a danger not only to you, but it's a danger to your family. It's a danger to your home. It's a danger to the church. It's a danger to society because if Christians aren't willing to listen to the preaching of God's Word, then why should we accept sinners who are lost and dying and going to hell to listen to God's Word? So the third thing we see here, Daniel calls it out. The very beginning of chapter number 9, verse number 5, he says this, We have sinned and committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled. A rebellious spirit is a dangerous spirit. A rebellious spirit is often a matter of just pride. As you think about prayers, you think about giving yourself to prayer, I want to give just four things to you and we'll be done. Daniel's prayer contained four things. The first thing that it contained was concentration. In verse number 3, the Bible says, And I set my face unto the Lord God. Could I encourage you over the next couple of weeks to, as we prepare for the month of August, and you say, okay, as we prepare for the month of August and we're talking about being given to the Lord and, and giving ourselves to this area of, of giving financially to the building fund and uh, giving ourselves to, to going out and sharing the gospel and giving ourselves to, to getting down and spending time in prayer. As you begin to prepare your heart and to prepare your mind to these things, notice what takes place in verse number 3 here. It says, And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. As you comp- continue to prepare yourself, concentrate on those specific things. 
How many of us, don't raise your hand, but how many of us, I know I'm guilty of this. There are times whenever I'll be trying to pray, but I'm so distracted that that prayer is, is, is so sloppy. You ever been, you ever been in, a, in, a, in a spirit, or not a spirit of prayer, but you're trying to pray, and as you're trying to pray, you're praying, and then all of a sudden your mind drifts off to that sale you heard about that you, 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 know, you want to check out after you get done praying, and you get back to praying, and you remember where you were at in your prayer, and then all of a sudden your mind goes to what you have to do tomorrow, and you keep drifting in and out of that prayer. And sometimes that is many of our prayer life. Because you think about the concentrated prayer life. He says this, "...and I set my face unto the Lord." One of the things I've tried to do, a habit of mine, when it comes to prayer is getting all of the distractions set aside. When I spend time in prayer, I will typically take off my watch and I'll set it to the side. I'll grab my phone and put my phone right there. I'll grab any device. I'll turn the TV off. I'll I'll make sure that there's no distractions. Because just one distraction in my train of thought, my time spent in, in, in prayer is disrupted immediately. I try to concentrate in that thing. That area of prayer. Not only that, you see supplication. Notice the second thing, supplication. The Bible says in verse number 3, by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes, offering those petitions if you would. The third thing, the Bible says in verse number 4, and I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love Him and to them that keep His commandments, we have sinned and have committed iniquity have done wickedly and rebelled, even the departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. The third thing is this, that you see that not only did he offer this prayer by, with concentration, supplication, but also with humiliation. He, he was sorry. I want to ask you a serious question. You've been asked this before. Other preachers have asked this question. But when was the, the last time you were truly broken over your sinfulness? You think about that. You know, you, you might even say, I've never been broken over my sinfulness. But if you begin to get in God's Word and you begin to get on your knees, you begin to pray and say, Lord, show me myself. Lord, show me how wicked I am. Lord, reveal the sins that need to be dealt with. It will break you. The humiliation side of it comes whenever you begin to see yourself for who you are and you see God as holy as He is and you begin to notice just how far you are from being all that God would have for you to be. He humbled himself with that sackcloth. And then the final thing is found in verse number 4, and that word is confession. The Bible says, And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession. You know, that word confession is a word that we can all relate to because that word confession, it speaks of coming to and acknowledging your fault. And some of you, some of me, some of people that you know... Or, there are certain times in our lives when we're unwilling to acknowledge that we were wrong. Um, I know that Kelly and I joke about this all the time. Have you ever done this before? I, I've done this a couple of times, and I'll joke about it now, because, but I'll say, hey, where did you put my... And she'll say, I didn't touch your, your, your watch or your phone or whatever. And I'll say, well, I've, you had it last. You know, you do that right there. No, I didn't have it. And then you start going and searching for it, and you, it's one of those where you, you, know, you find it, and you're like, All right, I'm just going to quietly walk past, act as though nothing's happened, as though I'm still looking for it. And, you know, and we're unwilling to acknowledge our own fault. Kelly will find me sometimes, and she'll, or I'll say, hey, where's mine? And she'll say, I don't have it. And then all of a sudden, right then and there, I'll find it, and she'll say, see? It's like, you know, but you don't want to acknowledge. And, you know, we don't want to acknowledge that fault. 
comes to our lives as Christians sometimes. The sin that the Lord convicts us of or the season of life that we're unwilling to confess that we are living in that's not right. Whatever the case might be, you know what it is. You can put the, put it in the, fill it in the blank. You say, Lord, I'm not, I'm not willing. No, no, that word confession means that you're bringing to the Lord that sin, that confession, that fault, if you would, and you're acknowledging that you need to get it right. That's why in verse number 4 he says, made my confession. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession. Can I share with you that I am so thankful that I have a God that I can go to and make my confession. There are so many different religions out there that don't have a God that is actively listening to their confessions. They think that He is, but He's not. We have the one true living God. And as you think about prayer and you think about your own personal prayer life, can I encourage you in these things? Don't resist the Word of God. Don't refuse to listen. And don't be as one who is rebellious. You say, I'm already one of those. I'm already refusing to listen to the Word of God because I don't like this style of preaching or I don't like to, this personality or whatever the case might be or what, whatever is taking place. You say, I'm already resisting the Word of God. I'm, I'm struggling with the Word of God. Or you might say, I'm already in that rebellious stage. And can I encourage you, come to the Lord in a concentrated way with supplication, humiliation, and confession. Give that to the Lord. Ask the Lord to help you. As we think about our church... As you think about the blessings of our church, you think about where we are as a church and the many things that are evident that, that God is doing within our, in our midst right now. Some of the greatest falls have come after a great victory. We've seen a couple of great victories. We've seen our young people coming back from teen camp and junior camp and God working. We've seen some special Sundays. We've seen some answers to prayer. And it's too easy for us to say right now, look what God has done. Look what I've done. Look at my church. Look at my ministry. Look at my area. No, 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 no. Lord, thank you. Lord, help me to remain humble. Lord, help me to continue serving you. Help me to not get sidetracked. Lord, help me to make sure that I don't give way for the devil to creep in. And Lord, for pride to creep in. And Lord, for sin to happen. And Lord, for a great fall to take place. You think about the prayer of Jabez. He says, and keep me from evil. The Bible says, and God granted him that which he requested. He goes through and he asks the Lord all these things, and at the very end he reminds himself and he understands that, hey, God, keep evil from me. One of the greatest things that we can do right this very moment as a church family, as individuals, as homes, is as God is working in our midst to continue seeking his face. And Daniel says right here in verse number 3 one more time, and I set my face unto the Lord God. May we continue to do that as a church family. Lord, we do thank you. Lord, I thank you for your goodness this afternoon and all the many things that you've done. Lord, I do pray that you would help us. Lord, that you'd guide us and direct us. Lord, I thank you for the many blessings. I thank you for the answers to prayer. I thank you for how you've worked in our junior camp and our teen camp. And Lord, in our many services, Lord, that we've been having. Lord, we're seeking you still. Lord, may we seek you the rest of the days of our lives. Help pride not to enter in. Help rebellion not to enter in. Lord, help us not to resist the word or refuse to listen to others. Lord, may we seek you. May our hearts be tender during the preaching and teaching of God's word. May we get along with you and allow you to have your perfect will and way. We'll thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Would you stand with me, heads bowed and eyes closed?